Well, good morning, Hillside. This is Pastor Eric. It's Friday morning, and although it's been a few weeks since I've gathered with you for devotion on a Friday morning, and in fact, I am almost a half an hour late uh, for our devotion time, which is usually at 9, I felt strongly compelled this morning to get online with you and to share a bit of God's Word uh, about hope. Uh, literally woke up this morning and said, you know what, I got to get back on there and I got to talk about hope to the people of Hillside because it seems to me, and maybe it's maybe it's just my own biases, maybe it's just my own observations, and maybe they're a little off, that's entirely possible because you're, one of your pastors here, of course, is just as human as anybody else and therefore flawed. But it does seem to me that... An awful lot of people I talk to lately have a sense of, if not utter hopelessness, um, a struggle with being hopeful. And that could be about any number of issues that we face in life. It could be about any number of problems. But I just hear oftentimes uh, a sense of a little bit of despair or a little bit of wandering, wondering if there, there really is anything hopeful to look to. And so I want to remind us, I know, I know, many of you know this already, but we need to be reminded because we forget it. I want to remind you of where hope comes from by looking at Psalm 42. Psalm 42 begins this way with words that are, I think, probably familiar to many of you if you've grown up around the church or if you have sung the hymns of the church, this is one of the famous choruses. It says, as a deer pants for flowing streams, so my so pants my soul for you, O God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. Now, let me just stop right there and share a quote with you that I believe is firmly true from the great G.K. Chesterton. G.K. Chesterton once quipped, that every man who knocks on the door of a brothel is looking for God. Now that might seem a little strange to hear a man say that, but again, I think it's utterly true. His point was is that every man or every person who goes searching for something to satisfy them is ultimately looking for God, whether they know it or not, whether they're conscious of it or not, and we can extend that picture to any number of things. Any person who endlessly scrolls through social media is looking for God. Any person who is looking for ultimate success in their career could be looking for God. Anybody who is looking to wealth to be their security is looking for God. And you can go on and on and on. But what the psalmist here tells us is that the only place the human soul is going to find any sort of satisfaction, any sort of quenching of their thirst, is in the true God. And where we get into trouble is when we look to something else, something created to do that for us. Anything created sort of is like a carrot on a stick in front of us, except we never get the carrot. It's always promising that if we do more and try harder, that eventually we'll be satisfied, that finally we'll get to a place where we have enough. But it never happens. It never, ever happens. 
No, in fact, God, the one who tells us we don't have to work, we don't have to do anything to be in his good graces, is actually where we find our hope and our satisfaction. So the writer continues, when shall I come and appear before God? My tears have been my food day and night while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? These things I remember as I pour out my soul, how I would go with the throng and lead them in procession to the house of God with glad shouts of songs of praise, a multitude keeping festival. It's obvious that the writer is dealing with a sense of hopelessness and despair. He says that his tears have been his food. He probably is letting us know that he hasn't been eating very well. And in fact, all he's been doing is crying. He's uh, meditating on the fact that people are mocking his belief in God because it seems that God is nowhere near him in his trouble. And yet he says this in verse 5. Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. My soul is cast down within me. It's true. Therefore, I remember you from the land of Jordan and of Hermon from Mount Mazar. Deep calls to deep at the roar of your waterfalls. All your breakers and your waves have gone over me. In other words, we, we need to be reminded the psalmist says, why are you cast down? You know better. And yet, as I look to what my experience is on any given day, it's all too easy to get to that point myself. It's all too easy to, to forget that my hope is in God. And so every day I need to begin by coming to him and by acknowledging that I have nothing in it of my own strength, that it is only by his grace that that I have the power necessary to face each and every day and to face all of the world events that are going on before us and all of the, the news that, are, that we're bombarded with at any given day, most of it negative, even though that's not entirely the truth. Nevertheless, we come across it constantly and it bombards us and it drives our soul down. And when that happens, we need to do what the psalmist does here. Look to God. Hope in God. Why? Verse 8, by day the Lord commands his steadfast love, and at night his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. I say to God, my rock, why do you hope in him? Because he's your rock. I say, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning because of the oppression of, my, of the enemy? You see how natural it is to, to be this, this sort of simultaneously, on the one hand, filled with faith and yet filled with doubt. He says, hope in God, God is my rock, and yet the very next words are, why have you forgotten me? Why do I go mourning? He says, it feels like a deadly wound in my bones. My adversaries taunt me while they say to me all the day long, where is your God? Oh, it's easy to go back and forth to waffle because we creatures are oh so fickle. We are, as reformers said, simultaneously saints and sinners. And so we have these voices battling in our heads and in our minds and in our spirits. Remember, Paul tells us in Galatians that the Christian is one who is going through a never-ending battle until heaven of the flesh and the spirit. And the flesh is saying, where is God? And the spirit is saying, I'm right here and I'm not leaving you or forsaking you. And so, the psalm ends with resolution again. 
Why are you cast down, O my soul? And why are you in turmoil within me? Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. Indeed, that is the truth. And that is the overarching truth for every Christian's existence. That no matter what you face down here, even if you are to be locked in a cell for the rest of your life in solitary confinement for the rest of your days unjustly, and you weren't able to gather again with the saints to praise him as the psalmist longs for here until death, you can guarantee that when you do arrive in the kingdom of God, in the heavenly of heavenlies, this will come to fruition. It is a promise. You will one day be gathered in a place without, to without tears and without sorrow and without pain, and you will be surrounded by billions and billions of others who have insisted on finding their hope in God no matter what circumstances have been thrown at them in life. So, in conclusion, whatever voices of hopelessness are coming at you today, whatever struggles are getting you down today, dear Christian, you have great reason, once again, to hope in your God. He's proven he's trustworthy. He's died for your sins on the cross, but he's risen to new life for your justification and promises that will be the reality for you as well. Hope in God, no matter what comes today. I'd like to end today by a word, uh, with a word of prayer. Father, it is all too easy to get bogged down by what we read or what we see, whether it be international events for our country, whether it be personal events in our own lives. Each of us is guaranteed to face pain throughout our days in one way or another. Each of us is, is going to have times where there are voices shouting at us, where is your God? And yet, even doing what we're doing now is a defiant burst of hope to say and to know that the one we speak to is not just hearing us, but answering us and is with us, will never leave us nor forsake us, and in fact, delights in us. So let us walk out the rest of our day with defiant hope, avoiding the temptation of knocking on the brothel door or whatever other temptation we may have to satisfy our longings for hope. No, let us look to the one who is hope incarnate. We ask this in the name of Christ our Lord. Amen. Amen and amen. Have a great day. I hope whoever sees this is blessed and comforted and strengthened through God's word.